Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Saturday. Just wanted to give you a little heads up as to what this podcast is about. Uh, Craig and I, we follow up on the conversation that I had with Mia earlier in the week. And Mia, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous episode, number 23, um, Mia Voss is a is an influencer, and she works with a bunch of different car companies and travel brands and, and uh, entertainment companies, stuff like that to basically bring awareness to those brands from the age group of females, which is basically 35 to 60. And that's the um, demographic that is responsible for 85% of the purchase decisions made. So uh, she's got a really great market dialed in. And, and what Craig and I talked about on this one is how we can take some of the lessons learned from that podcast and apply it to our own endeavors with mine being Colorado Backcountry Adventures and Craig's being the Coleman Road Journal. So we just kind of brainstorm and talk out loud of, about the information that Mia put out there and how it applies to our specific brands. So if you're thinking about getting into the influencer realm or want to dabble your feet in it, then this podcast is for you. So thanks for tuning in. He was he was supposed to come over later today, and then we're going to go fishing, but um he came over like two hours early and I was thinking, dang, man, I gotta, I gotta do, uh, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta do work and stuff and do a podcast. And I was just, I was just uploading a video to YouTube as well. So I did a winter camping video. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know all too well the, uh, the disruptions that, that the little ones can, uh, <laughs> can yeah. bring to the table. Yeah. He got this, he got this really cool, like, like, you know, one of those foam planes you can put together and they're like gliders, you know, he got one of those. And so we, we were out in the backyard throwing it around and like on the third flow, third throw, I felt kind of bad cause I really hucked it and it ran into a tree and I'm broken too. And I was like, whoops, <laughs> screwing up, screwing up kids gifts. <laughs> so. That would have been a great YouTube video right there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, come out and play with Uncle Brian. And I break the toy after the third third throw. Yeah. <laughs> Teach them nice. lessons as a young youngin. <laughs> You're going to have loss in your life. Suck it up. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. The reason why Brian doesn't have kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. But, you know, the, back to what we were talking about with the whole influencer thing, I, I, I really enjoyed sitting down with Mia. And it was great to crash over at her and Charlie's place on uh, Sunday night when I went into went to the front range to go work on the film and and um, you know sitting with her it was just really interesting to hear how she's gone about doing things like she she targeted car companies initially when she decided to do the influencer and she she got started late I mean she it was on her fiftieth birthday when she decided she's like yeah I'm gonna see if I can make a go of this and her her thought process has always been well. You know, women between the ages of like forty and well, I think I think between like thirty-five and sixty, I think is the demographic. Women in that age group influence eighty-five percent of the purchase decisions, and so you know, there's that's a powerful audience that she's tapping into. And she hit, hit up these car companies and were like, "Hey, I'm doing all these travel things. Do you want to float us a free car? You know, for the." for the weekend or for the week just to use like a loaner car from the dealership. And she's, she's like hooked up with like BMW wow. and, and mountain States, Toyota and all these different, different companies. And so it kind of grew from there. And she was, she was telling me, she's like, you know, she's like, I built, I spent a couple of years building my audience and she's like, and once the audience was built, it seemed like things just kind of took off. And obviously she's really good at, at positioning things and uh, communicating what the value proposition is, but it was cool to listen to her. Cause it's like, 
you know, she, she reiterated what I've always thought. It's like, there's no blueprint for this and it's different for everybody. And so she figured out her niche and has just kind of run with it. And it's, it's, it's cool to watch from afar. Cause I've seen her grow from like when we first met, she was doing, she has, she has a building inspection company to make sure everything's up to code so people can get their certificate of occupancy. So she goes through and makes sure that everything's done and buildings and all that stuff. And it's, it's kind of funny. Cause like, you know, here's this, this, this hot gal in there with like a hard hat on and, and uh, you know, going through and telling all these construction guys, Nope, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And she's just a go getter. But then when she decided to kind of shell that and, and go after the, the influencer full time. And she called herself a micro influencer instead of just a mass influencer. Cause she's, she's very targeted in her niche, but I, it's just, it was great to sit down with her and, and learn about all that stuff. Yeah. And I, that, that was a really fascinating conversation for me to listen to and, and um, I, on a number of different levels. And that's, I, I thought it would be worth just talking about it a little bit more today because um, when you know, I, I'm looking at my activities right now, and I'm I'm certainly interested in um, developing side hustles and passive income or active income in new and creative ways. And I I really thought that there was a lot of instructive um, tidbits in that um, in that conversation you had with her. And, you know, you and I have had side conversations about, you know, what, what are our strategies and tactics to try to figure out how to um, earn income and allow us to do this kind of um, the, the stuff that we love to do, you know, being, being out in the backcountry and rolling around and teaching others how do we do it and then have that being a self-sustaining way of, uh, you know, it's a positive feedback loop, right? So we, yeah. the more that we, um, the more that we get other people excited about what we're doing, um, the, if, if there's a way that we can create an economic engine around that to mm-hmm. allow us to do even more of that, um, I mean, that's, that's the whole game right there, but you guys were also talking about the importance of maintaining integrity, you know, and, and not selling out your, your, yourselves as, mm-hmm. as you're moving through this process that you're not, um, your, your own brand. And, yeah. um, anyway, I just thought that there was a lot of really fascinating tidbits in that conversation and I thought it coupled pretty well with some of the current conversations you and I are having. And I, I've got to believe that that people in our audience are are really interested in, you know, how, how, how do I get how do I allow myself to do more of this and, and be part of the action? So anyway, that, that was I thought it was a fascinating conversation. Yeah, it was it was cool to, to talk to her and, and just see what she was doing. One thing that I thought was really interesting is that that she's got some, some neat ways of tracking her, well, I I wouldn't say neat, I'd say effective ways of tracking, you know, her hashtags and everything. One is that she uses a a tracker. It's a real time hashtag tracker for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook called Keyhole. And it's keyhole.co. And it's, it's how to track uh, influencers, um, you know, using the software program. So I'm going to dive into that and figure out, um, you know, how I can incorporate that into my own, um, 
tracking is one thing I wish that it had. I wish that it had tracking for, for YouTube. It doesn't look like it does. And that's where I get the majority of my traffic. So I may have to get on Twitter and start ramping that up. But, you know, it's like presenting your value to those brands. And, you know, we've like, like you and I've talked a million times. It's like, it's, it's great when you're first getting started and companies give you free product because that's your foot in the door, you know? So you're able to start to develop a relationship with those companies. But, but at some point it's like, okay, you don't need any more of like that specific item. Like if it's like a headlamp company that you don't need 10 headlamps, you know, you just need one. And then it's like, if they want to continue working with you in the future, it's, it's like at some, at some point it has to switch from like free product in exchange for your time for actual monetization compensation, you know? And that's where I have been. It's like, I just kind of, um, I, I just, I just went over that hump this past year. You know, I started getting paying gigs, which was great. And, uh, but they're, they're not consistent enough now to where I can bet on that income every month. And it's, it's definitely a moving target when you're trying to do this. Like, like Mia and I were talking and it was comforting when she said this, she's like, Hey, there's no blueprint for this. And I was like, thank you. I say that all the time, people, you know? <laughs> and so, but learning from her, cause she's about four or five steps ahead of where I'm at. And, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool is she put together a media kit as far as what she can deliver to people. And then she just sends that out to different brands that she's targeting and, you know, with the car companies and the travel companies and the food companies and the entertainment companies that she works with now, it's kind of like she's got her own little group of people that she pushes stuff out to. And then they, you know, they bite if there is some sort of um, promotion coming up that they all want to be a part of. And I, it's kind of cool too, because she's, she told me, she's like, Hey, I'll take a little, I'll take a piece from like, you know, a little bit of compensation from this company and then from this company and from this company and uh, put it all together. And then it's, it's a, it's a very attractive um, financial gain for her and for her brand. And that's something that I want to get into more of. I've been thinking about myself of, you know, in the spring contacting some of the companies I've worked with over the past two years and seeing if they'd be interested in sponsoring like a two month conservation tour. And what I would do is I would live out of the back of my truck and take all my trail work gear with me. And now, now this is all, of course, dependent upon my hip getting back in order. It's 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 been popping a lot today, and it's pretty tight. But if I can finish up my physical therapy and get the muscle memory trained in my hips so that it doesn't keep popping out of socket, then I'll be good to go. And so what I would do is I'd go to like four or five different companies and say, "Hey, okay, you know, it'd be five hundred bucks a month or or seven fifty a month or whatever per company." And I'm going to hit up these four different conservation areas over the span of two months, and I'm going to volunteer my time. I'll do two weeks at each one, and um, you know, I of course would call the call all of the all of the all of the uh, areas that I would go to prior to me going out there to see what sort of conservation efforts you know would be available, whether it's trail work or, or picking up trash or you know uh, education at a at a um, welcome center or whatever it may be. But I was thinking it'd be it'd be a cool way for the outdoor companies that I work with to put their name on 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 an actual con- on a live conservation effort that's like an ongoing process for two months, and they can market it however however they see fit. And then it would give me an opportunity to see some new areas as well and work with some new people because I've I've got a I'm in pretty good with the Forest Service and BLM in Central Colorado, but I want to expand my horizons, and so it'd be great to get some con- contacts going on in the Utah area or like Northern Arizona. Or you know any any places like that, and and see what I could see what I could make of it. Yeah, that I, I think that's a really cool idea, um, a really really cool idea. And I, you know, we've talked about it in the past too, where I've 
you know, I, I certainly look to you as a role model about how to market myself. And, and one of the things that you and Mia were talking about, and, and Mia brought it up, she, she, she was talking about how, you know, certain people will come to her and say, well, hey, I want to be an influencer too. And yeah. her, her discussion of that was, well, you know, who's, who's your audience right now? And so I, you know, I, I think of that I'm, I'm actually in, I'm, I'm the perfect person for that message, both from her and from you, because I, you know, it's only recently that I've really started to uh, put myself out there more publicly as um, just kind of, you know, letting, letting people know more about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And so my, my mindset right now is I, I, I can't be thinking about, you know, how, how I'm going to be an influencer or whatever that stuff right now. Like I'm in the place right now where I need, I do need to build my audience. I, I need to, you've been doing a fantastic job. And like I said, I, I've been looking at you as a role model for someone that has been, um, putting out some really helpful, entertaining, provocative material where you're, you're, you've been building your audience for the last, you know, two, four years. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm, I'm in that phase right now where, you know, I've, I've put out, I've now have my YouTube channel, I've got my blog out. Um, and I'm, I'm now consciously, I guess, trying to sculpt my brand. And so even in what you were just talking about, um, in, um, you know, this conservation tour, a two month uh, uh, conservation tour, like that's, that's so freaking cool. And, but you've, it's not like I'm able to jump right into that in the place that I'm in right now. You've, you've already done the, the hard work of building your audience. So -hmm. you have people that are interested in trust you, um, so that when you go and do that. And so I, I guess it's just like, it's, it's interesting, um, just where, where you are and where I am. And I, you know, I, I just need to like, and so now I understand, I guess a little bit more, I haven't gotten into YouTube that much, but you know, you, you all people on YouTube and you're watching their videos, they're always saying, well, like, and subscribe below. And I'm always like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't want to pull out myself out there. Yeah. But now, now I understand it a little bit more, how important that stuff is, you know, and subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast, subscribe on the blog. And it's not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm understanding I'm under, so I have this paranoid side of me that, you know, people are tracking me and like, you know, trying to take advantage of me and what have you. But now that I'm getting into this, I'm, I'm seeing that those small actions, those small requests are really important and they're important, like kind of on like, so I, as a consumer of podcasts, I, as a consumer of YouTube videos and all these other things, like how, how great is it that I get to consume awesome information for free? And so now that I'm, I'm transitioning to trying to build my own brand um, and having been on both sides of the fence, like it is so important that 
if if you're a consumer, if you're consuming the stuff that we're doing, these small little actions of subscribing and liking and sharing, they're they're so important to us, you know, right? As we're trying to build whatever we're doing and whether mm -hmm. whether we go down the avenue of actually getting overt sponsors or whether we go down the avenue, you and I have talked about the tool of uh, Patreon and getting mm -hmm. direct contributors to what we're doing. Um, I, I, I guess I'm just like, I feel like I'm going through an awakening of, of sorts, you know, moving from a consumer to a producer. And mm -hmm. I know you can speak so much more to that. So I'm going to pass it off to you. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, when I, when I started, um, Hey, do you have any feedback on your end? Um, I'm hearing it on your side. Yeah, I, I'm hearing I, naturally, I sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just keep talking. It seems like it went away now. Um, but yeah, you know, on on my end, when I when I first started doing this, I never anticipated really going the influencer route. I just thought that I would truck camp and and winter camp for about a year, and then settle into a mountain town and get a job, and you know, just do something different with my life. But then, as I've been on the road more, it just seems like the the um, audience kind of evolved, and the the big the, the thing that I really liked doing was interacting with like the YouTube crowd, just putting up videos about what I do. And if you go back and look at the videos when I first started, I'm like, here's how you set up a tent, and here's how you use a stove. You know, it's like very very basic how to stuff. And then I started hanging out with some other people like like Baron and Elsa and they make really good lifestyle videos and so I started to incorporate more like lifestyle stuff like a typical day in in the backcountry or something like that. And so my my tactic has definitely evolved but I think a good blend on YouTube of, of using like some how-to videos and then also just um, a, a view into what your life is actually like is is really great for the audience and it seems like people engage with that well, you know. If it was just how-to stuff, I mean eventually I'd run out of how-to. There's only so many things I can cover with truck camping and winter camping before I've got everything covered. But, um, you know, when I first started, I, I, like I said, I didn't anticipate going this route. So it was just kind of more of a fun endeavor. But then once the numbers started getting legitimate, when I started getting YouTube numbers in the 12 to 13 to 14,000 subscribers, and I think now I'm up to almost 18,000, it's, I started looking at it thinking, okay, well, there is like an audience here and they do see, they're at least interested in what I'm doing. So I got to figure out a way to leverage that to work with some of these larger companies and see how that will pan out. And I'm, and I'm still figuring out that process. And I think I need to incorporate a little bit more of like, a, um, I, I do stuff on Instagram, but I need to incorporate like a Twitter account, which I need to start that up and then start figuring out the hashtags that I just do consistently over and over and over to build like kind of my own little brand there. But it's cool because once you start realizing you're like, Hey, you know, I've got an audience out there and they, they, they're engaged. They like what they like, what I'm putting out. Then you realize you're, you've, you've got like some sort of a recipe, like a winning recipe going, you know, and that gives, that gives me the motivation to continue posting things. And it can kind of sometimes be bur burdensome, you know, it's like, if you're really busy throughout the week, it takes a while to shoot a video and put it all together and make it look good and, and then put it out online. But it's like, I think consistency is key. And I always try to post at least once a week, at least on YouTube. And then as far as like Facebook and all that stuff goes on my own website, I try to post more often than that. But I think it's just a, a combination of things all together and trying to understand 
how everything can can work together and complement one another. Like on my YouTube, if you underneath each video, you'll see like the first thing in the video description is my website link, and oh, link to my to my website to ColoradoBackcountryAdventures.com. And every time I post a video, I notice that my my analytics spike, and so it's like cool. YouTube's a good traffic driver. Facebook wasn't a good traffic driver for a while, but then I started posting more regularly, especially with like the podcast episodes. And then now that's that's really shot up, and it and it gets a lot of. Um, traffic but i still get the majority of traffic from just google searches and i don't know exactly what people are searching for but i have like the the tags in my website and also on all my different blog posts and podcast posts of like you know the hashtag podcast hashtag off grid hashtag colorado stuff like that and then if there's a specific post that speaks to like say winter camping i'll hashtag that in the uh options as i set up the the, the post or the page and it's interesting, the number one page that gets visited on my website, other than my homepage, because that's where everybody comes to you first, but the, the second most visited page is a blog post I did two years ago, or about a year and a half ago, about my experience full-time winter camping in the Colorado Rockies. And pe- that, that, that page gets like, a thousand, like about 1,500 unique users a month consistently, even in the summertime, which is wild. And so, you know, it's like somehow people are searching either it's Cabela's or winter camping or whatever it may be, but... I'll get people that email me from and be like, man, that was a great blog post. You know, I love it. So there's value in doing everything. I think there's value in doing Instagram and there's value in YouTube and there's value in Facebook and there's value in Twitter. And then also you obviously your own website, there's tons of value in that. And like, like you were talking, you know, you're, you're focused on just getting content out there. I think that's the perfect way to look at it right out of the gate is to, just to say, it's all about building like your online library of information or videos or, or a combination of both. And then once you have a ton of information out there, then your website becomes what I call sticky. Like mm-hmm. people come there and they stay on the website because you've got a lot of different information that is interesting for people to check out. And so I'm always tweaking my website and kind of going through and seeing what sort of um, additions or adjustments reap benefits. And sometimes I'll nail something on the head and sometimes I'll totally miss the mark. But I, I think it's a... Um, it's it's an ongoing case study, I guess, if you will, on on how to make this how to make this happen. Yeah, I, I, that's that's so helpful for me to 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 hear. And listen again, I, I keep on referring to you as a role model in this stuff, and and that's everything that you just laid out there is um, exactly why. And I, um, I I also like you know you and I a few days ago had a conversation about. Um, you know what? What what's the right balance or the right approach? Because I, I do think that we need, like, again, me as as just at the starting stage. Um, you know, I don't want <laughs> excuse the crudity of my language. Like, I don't want to blow my load early and accept a sponsor like right from the get go and sell myself out. The, yeah. You know, like I. I'm, I'm really, I think it is important for me to kind of think it through a little bit in um, when, when I start uh, finding products and finding companies that I like and their products, um, I, I don't want to lose my integrity and the trust that I have in my audience. I feel like I'm in a really fragile stage where it's mm-hmm. almost like a musician, right? So, you know, like, uh, there's kind of like that one hit wonder 
type of artist who is earlier in their career, they come up with a great catchy tune and, you know, Buick or Walmart will buy the rights to that song. And then they, they, they totally lose their audience because they've sold out right to that, that one. And I, and I don't want, I'm really cautious. Not that I think I'm going to be, you know, a freaking viral dude or whatever, but I, the, it's so important to me to maintain my integrity on whatever product I start putting out to my audience, because that's, that's the real relationship that's important to me. And so I can even look at, you know, the WeBoost conversation that we've been having. And I, mm-hmm. I, I fucking love that product, man. It, it is amazing. Yeah. It, what I right now, I am the only reason why I am able to record this podcast because I'm at the off the grid branch is because I'm tethering it to my phone to capture the data signal. Because I know mm-hmm. if I tried to do it with the HughesNet, the the satellite dish, like I, I would drop off. I, the the signal would drop out and it would be crap. So, you know, I I like WeBoost and um, there's certainly interest I have in cultivating a direct relationship with them, but mm-hmm. it. It, it, I feel like I need to walk a fine line between working with them and getting any kind of support from them, you know, balanced against what, uh, what the audience might view as a sellout. And, yeah. um, you know, I even talked with you about, I, I, I have so much faith and confidence in the, the Weeboos product that, that I'm using right now that I, I, frankly, I'd be, I'd be willing to throw in any, um, in anything that I promote through them, a link that would, you know, give me a kickback, but then I, I, I've got so much faith in them that I'd provide a link that wouldn't give me any kickback for the audience to choose it, you know, independently and not give me any kickback. Um, and that's the kind of, so number one, that's the kind of product that I want to be promoting is one that I don't care whether I get a kickback or not. It's fucking awesome. And yeah. number two, that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with my audience where they, they see that I'm, I'm willing to promote something whether I get a kickback or not. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a a dance as far as like you know how, how do you how do you position that if it is like an affiliate link which I'm you know I've got a bunch of those on my website and sometimes I get sales from it and sometimes I don't but I've always I've always kind of struggled with how to how to position that because I don't want to sound like a sellout I mean it's it's gear that I use so I I can actually give like firsthand testimonials like like for example like the winter camping gear you know if you go to my website and go to the gear store then the first thing that comes up is like the links to the tent that I use the the cot the the sleeping bag the sleeping pads all that stuff and it's like I 100% believe in those products but it's once again it's like you know if somebody comes to my site is that a cheap experience that I have those listed on there right. like I don't know you know, it's like, it's, it's one of those things that I'm still trying to figure out. Cause then I'll also put like an Amazon link on there of, 
that just goes to their outdoor gear store and I'll, I'll make good money off that every month. But it doesn't look as professional as the stuff that I have on there now, which isn't reaping quite the rewards that I wanted wanted it to. So it's it's definitely I think that that it's it's good to keep like a marketing mindset when you're thinking about posting these things because there's definitely ways to position it. I feel that are cheesy, you know. And I've seen it. I've seen I've done it. I've seen other people do it. And I'll I'll test something out, and then I won't get a good response, and I'll take it down because I don't want to sound like a dork. But you know, it's, it's, uh, it's still something I'm, I'm figuring out on my end. And what I would love to do is like, kind of like what Sam Harris does. You know, if you listen to his podcast, he has a segment on there. It's, I think it's towards the end. He'll spend about six or seven minutes explaining why he doesn't do advertisements on his podcast and why he doesn't allow for, for paid content on his podcast. And I really like that because the way he explains it is like, look, if, if you do have sponsors, you're beholden to their ethics and their ideals. And, um, that's something that I've always thought about myself. It's like, okay, if I have like a corporate sponsor and say they're great today, you know, and they're awesome to work with, but tomorrow they totally change gears and maybe they get all political or they go off on some weird tangent or, or go in a different direction. It's like, I don't want my brand to be hurt, hurt by that. And so therefore I would love it. And I also don't want to have to worry about what I say. Like I want to be able to talk freely and be able to promote what I want and not have it to be like, Oh, I can't promote that because XYZ company that has a similar product might get upset. It's like, no, I want to be able to like freestyle and, and be authentic. And that's where like the Patreon comes into play. I, I've not done much with my Patreon account and I need to get back on it and figure it out. What I'm thinking about doing is just going on there and saying, if anybody likes the content that I put out, you know, all I'm asking for is a dollar per month from each individual and see how that goes. Because like the price elasticity on that, I mean, a dollar a month is nothing for somebody to absorb. You know, when you're getting up twenty, twenty-five, fifty dollars a month for a particular individual, then I think there's more expectations that come with that. But if it's if it's something that's such a low amount where it's like a dollar per person and say over the next two or three years a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people will contribute, then that's great. And a dollar a month isn't gonna it's not a it's not a huge deterrent, I don't think. Whereas the way that I've been doing it recently, it just hasn't really reached benefits, but then again I haven't focused on it. So I need to figure out kind of the best way to monetize everything. And I'm also waiting for the, for the movie to come out. Like, well, we got about, I'd say about 15 to 20 minutes done of the, of the film. And it looks fantastic. It's like, we had everything color corrected. We've synced up all the audio. We dropped in all the B roll that we wanted to. And then, and then put in some neat voiceovers of like interviews that I've done throughout the past couple of years with, with Adam when we're filming. And uh, once that comes out, then I really want to have everything dialed in so that I can capitalize on that exposure and just take it to the next level. Yeah. I'm excited to see that thing too, man. I mean, you've been, you've been working on that for a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah and I, there's no doubt that I, you know, both you and I look to Sam Harris and that, um, that model that he's using the Patreon model, um, as a really appealing one, um, just for everything that you just laid out that, um, you know, going that route, you don't need to worry about, um, you don't need to worry about, um, adopting your sponsors ethics and values and what have you. And you don't need to worry about censoring yourself. And, um, it really, really, I'd love to see, um, yeah, I am interested in playing with that Patreon model. And I, I think that you're spot on when you talk about, you know, just asking for $1 a month from, mm-hmm. um, 
regular listeners and consumers like that, that is nothing. But when, when you get, you know, 100, a thousand, 10,000 people donating at that level, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. really, really powerful. And, um, on, on a number of different levels. So, um, I, anyway, I I thought that the um, I thought that the the one part of the conversation you had with Mia, where she was talking about her early process of being a an influencer, um, where she was talking about going on a trip and having the opportunity to have Trump Hotels sponsor her, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know she didn't get into the the politics of it, but she did talk about how. Um, whether she would feel comfortable going through the trip and regularly putting the brand, uh, the, the hashtag, mm-hmm. you know, Trump hotels or, or, or Trump travel or what have you. And um, I just thought that, that that's exactly the mindset that I have. Um, not, again, this is not about like politics, but this is just about, um, owning one's own brand and not being mm-hmm. beholden to anything that is outside of what makes you comfortable. And I, I thought that that was a really, that, that spoke a lot to me that she made that decision. Um, yeah. and it's a, it's a great and looking at another role model as far as like someone who is paving the way for me, that's certainly something that, that resonated with me. Um, yeah, and how I want how I want to move forward in in figuring this kind of stuff out. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think that you know any company that wades into politics, you have to think like fifty percent of the people are automatically tuning out, while you have fifty percent of the people that are tuning in. You know, and I think that uh, you know her decision to not go there is is great for her brand because then it keeps her neutral. You know, people might assume they say, oh, well, she's she's a Trumpster or whatever. And she's not, you know, but if she were to do something like that, they may affiliate. They may make that connection. Like I've seen outdoor companies get super political and put out all these stupid memes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like if you're trying to get your message to the people that need it most, do you think it's going to happen by you putting out a snarky meme? It's not going to happen. Like, you know, and I don't want to be affiliated with those companies. I've I've had a couple of those companies contact me in the past and I've actually said no. Cause I'm like, nah, you guys are, you guys are way too political. And you know, I don't want to just preach to the choir. I want to, I want to have the message to get to everybody. Like my message ultimately is conservation and everybody needs to, needs to hear that, I think. And you know, if I'm just talking to one side of the, like just half of the country, well then it's just, my message is half as effective. And if I'm, so I, I've really been mindful of that as well. And and, uh, you know, it's hard to turn down some of these large companies that they come to you and say, hey, we want to work with you. And, you know, you have to kind of sheepishly say, like, no. Right. <laughs> you know? And and they're, they're and like no one says no to them. And they kind of and I had one gal ask me why she goes, why? And I was like, because you guys are posting political stuff every day. And I don't I don't roll like that. That's not what I would. I don't I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Like there's enough division out there. I'm not interested in about doing political memes or affiliated with a company that does it. If you guys want to focus on that, that's hundred percent your call, but it's not going to work for me because I don't want to alienate anyone. And like, um, I just think that you, it's, it's definitely people need to do their due diligence on a company. It's exciting when you're, when you're out there and you're, you're wanting to build your own brand. And it's, it's, it's exciting when 
a company contacts you, but you need to really check that excitement and say, okay, is this company, is this company worth it? Is, 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 is this, is this a company that I can hang my reputation on? And if there's any questions or any, um, hesitations about it, I'd say always, you know, just go, just turn, turn it down because you don't want to damage yourself in the long run. But then in the same token, it's like you look at some of the reaches that some of these companies have, and maybe they aren't saying stuff that's in line with, with what your beliefs are. And then it's cool to attach yourself to them. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's on a case by case basis, but I, I typically just try to stay away from anything political or anything like that. Cause it's just, you know, how people are online, they can just crucify someone over the, the smallest misunderstanding. And, uh, I just rather not wade into that personally. Yeah. I, I think that that makes sense, but I, I, even on a more subtle level, um, I, uh, some of the stuff that's been go floating through my head as I've been putting out material and, and even in this podcast, like I, I swear a lot. I, I do. And I, I kind of like it. It's, it's just kind of like, a little, it's, it's the spice of, it's just, it's just fucking what I do. And, um, I, I have worried on, on at various points that am I, am I, am I pushing away not necessarily audience, because I hopefully the audience can take me the right way, and and whatever. If you don't, then I'm not for you. But um, you know, my concern is that is some of the spice of my language going to push away sponsors, mm-hmm. and therefore, do I need to clamp down on you know the more colorful side of my personality? But I, I mean that I, I don't want. I really don't want to compromise on that front. And I I look at people like Bill Burr, and I look at people like Joe Rogan. Those guys fucking drop f bombs every fucking every you know every other word, and they're they're getting um, they're they're getting um, sponsors and advertisers, and they don't. I certainly don't get the sense that they are tailoring what they say based on what the the advertisers do and i i've also i remember sometimes um some of the uh the colorful nuance or flavor that that bill burr has added he has lost advertiser and he's like ah, go fuck yourself you know if you if i'm not yeah. what you want then i'm not what you want yeah. and um so I, I guess it's um you know I, I go back to even the conversation you were having with mia the the idea that um you know, you, you build your brand before you get sponsors, right? I mean, that's what you've been doing over the past two to four years. Um, and it mm-hmm. certainly sounded like like Mia has that mindset as well. And I even look at, at people like Tim, Tim Ferriss. Um, he talked about how, and I, I, maybe it's not his idea, his original idea, but he this stuck with me. Um, he said, you know, you, you want you want to produce your stuff for your, your 1000 most die hard friends, you know, and fans, the, the people that are going to buy both the Kindle version and the hardback version of your book, the ones that are not going to give any thought to whether they're going to pay for a, you know, an opportunity to see you up front or in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you want to always produce your stuff for your diehard fans. Mm-hmm. 
rather than your, um, you know, like someone who may or may not be like in the center of your, of your fan audience. And that, I think that that, that mindset, that actually is really, really helpful for me because then that allows me to say, go fuck yourself. If I'm not who you want to listen to, if you think the shit that comes out of my mouth is, is too corny or too off the rails, like I'm not, I'm not for you and that's okay. Right. Like, but, um, I guess going back to the topic of, of this podcast here, what we're talking about, um, that, that frees up any of that. Well, should I, or shouldn't I talk about this? Because if if it falls in the crosshairs of my one thousand diehard fans, then there's no question about it. It it, it you know I go with it, and um, mm-hmm. and I don't need to worry about I don't need to worry about brands. I don't need to worry about sponsors because I have my my thousand diehard fans that you know are willing to consume anything that I put out, and mm-hmm. and that's freedom. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. I think that's a good, good mindset to think about is like, you know, if you have those, those core, that core audience that is totally engaged because, you know, it's like people say, Oh, I want to get like X amount of followers. Okay. Well, how out of those, how many are consistently looking at your stuff? If it's, if it's not very many, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't, I mean, the number is huge, but no one's engaged. I mean, what's the big deal. But if, but if you have, if you truly had like like think about it. If you had a thousand people that if you said, "Hey, you got to go buy this," and all thousand went to go buy it, people would look at you and go, "Man, you you're, you can definitely pull some strings." Exactly. And so that's more powerful than a thirty million audience that doesn't do anything. So it's all about taking action. And I think the what, what my mindset has always been like: okay, if I'm going to talk about something, it's something that I'm using, you know. And I have through through YouTube, you'll you'll get it too as your channel grows. You'll get these companies that are they're kind of, you can tell they're kind of fly by night companies. Hey, I want you to review this online. We'll give you a free Python stuff. And you're thinking, okay, I know nothing about you. I know nothing about your product. It has like two reviews on Amazon, which means it just came out. Like, I don't know if I want to attach myself to your brand because who knows what you're about and what you're going to say in the future. So I always try to weed those things out and, and be mindful of just promoting to my core audience, like what I use, like, you know, for example, the four season 10. No problems whatsoever. I would recommend that thing all day long. The the Bighorn Three from Cabela's. Same with the wood stove that I have. Unfortunately, the the guy who made it doesn't make that model anymore. He makes titanium stoves now, which which are great because they're much lighter weight, but they're about three times as expensive. But you know, the different gear that I use, I can testify for. It. I'm like, hey, that stuff that stuff's awesome. But I'm not going to sit there and promote like I've had people be like, hey, we're a we're a mobile um, um like you know, you upload your documents to us and you can print them off anywhere. And we're like an, uh, we're like a mobile office company. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing. You know, it's like, um, I, I see people aver- or repping everything on the planet and it's like, no, just, just rep what's important to you. And that, that, that way it's authentic for your audience. Cause I think, I think people can see through that bullshit. You know, they'll see like, Oh, he's, he's repping, um, computer products now, but he's out in the backcountry full time. That doesn't really go. You know what I mean? Right. And so, it's it's like it has to be. I think being mindful of the opportunities and not not accepting every engagement that comes your way because it's okay to say no to people and it's hard to sometimes, but it's a but it's necessary in order to stay true to your brand. And I think that's a people just need to be, you know, just kind of keep. I think that always keeping your brand in mind is like the first thing that you want to consider when talking about collaborating with people is probably 
probably a good rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in having this be, you know, a, a regular topic of conversation um, as we move forward with the podcast. Just how the, the different strategies and tactics that we're using, but I mean, just getting back to the nuts and bolts of it. You know, mm-hmm. I as as someone, you know, a year ago who may have been listening to this and listening to what I'm about to say and what I'm about to say, um, you know, with a, with a skeptical eye, the, you know, the, the more that you read and digest and watch and share and like, and subscribe to the stuff that I'm doing, um, it's really, yeah, some of it is about my ego. You know, I want to, I want to feel liked and loved, but there, there really is more of a, um, of a of an economic um, incentive for for me to have that kind of uh, relationship with the audience because it's only going to allow me to produce more of what I'm already doing, you know. And I'm I'm right now in a situation where you know I I, I am going to need to be looking for for other side hustles to to continue what I'm doing. But the fact of the matter is, is I, I'd so much rather do what you and I are doing right now, producing podcasts, producing cool videos, producing cool blog posts to encourage others to engage this kind of lifestyle than having to go and just make ends meet. So um, please, um, you know, as, as you, as you see and hear us talk about um, the different posts and, and channels that were out there, please like and subscribe and share the stuff that we like only if you like it. Um, but um, you know, if you do like it, please pump it out to, to people and um, help us doing what we're trying to do, which is give you guys more entertaining, helpful stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important. And it's, it's kind of nice too, when you see the, the the information that you're putting out there when you when you start to see it shared and, and take off it's just it's exciting you know no doubt about it yeah so uh, switching gears here um, Mark has left the ranch so you're there at the off grid ranch all by yourself and you had to learn how to drain the water systems and everything just in case if you have to abandon the ranch while he's out of town um, for the next month and a half and so. So how how are things going out there, and what's um, what's the latest on the ranch? Are you guys getting a bunch of snow? Yeah, it's um, it's snowing a little bit here. Um, I, I think I think that the, the the bulk of the snow came further north of here, but it is snowing right now, um, and we we probably got a couple a couple inches that have fallen in the last um, twenty four hours. Um, so it's pretty, it's it's nice. But he did he did take off, and I've I've got the ranch to myself and. So one of the one of the considerations is certainly it's within the realm of possibility that some hard hardcore weather could come in where it would be safer for me to get out of here um, rather than stay here and be socked in. And so he walked me through how do you how do you drain all the lines from from the house? So. Um, it's, it's something that I'm going to produce a, a video on, um, a YouTube video. And so hint, hint audience, go to my YouTube channel, <laughs> ColemanRoadJournal.com or whatever, ColemanRoadJournal.youtube 
check. No, it just, it just, it just, yeah, just search for come on. Yeah, come on road yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go ahead and produce a video on the steps. It's really fascinating. I mean, and it, it should be you know pretty common sense to everybody out there. But you know, when you have water lines running throughout the whole place, and if if you're if you're going to be leaving the place and shutting down the boilers and and not having power, you you want to prevent any of the plumbing from exploding from the expansion of uh, water into ice. And so there's, there's a really comprehensive way of draining all the lines. Um, you, there's a valve where I'm actually going to attach where, if I need to, I would attach a compressor hose to it and push mm-hmm. all the water with the compressor, um, the compressor air, getting it all out. And then in every single drain, um, throughout the place, whether it's a sink, um, a toilet, a dishwasher, um, a uh, laundry, um, I'm going to need to add antifreeze to it um, to make sure that um, you know it's not going any residual water does not freeze and fuck shit up. And then going down to the lower area of the property and releasing um, the. Uh, the pump valve and the drain valve to allow all the water. So it's it's a totally fascinating process. Maybe some people out there will um, will learn some, but I, I do plan on posting a video. But you know, it's just a reality that you know there sometime in the next month I could get dumped on you know five five to ten feet of snow, and yeah. um, if if that kind of situation is coming in, and for whatever reason if I need to uh, jump ship. Um, I'm going to need to prep the house to uh, be able to handle sitting for, uh, you know, weeks, weeks on, you know, weeks on end um, and yeah. protect the uh, the plumbing here. Yeah, that's that's, that's definitely something to think about. That's it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out for you this winter out there. And I'll, uh, I'm planning to come back into Colorado. I've got that meeting with the Forest Service and the Wilderness Society on the 6th in Leadville. And then um, – probably come to the ranch after that or maybe a little bit before for a couple of days, but then I got to come back here and finish out my physical therapy to make sure that I don't get back in the same spot. Dude, it was, it was frustrating, man. When I set up my four season tent on Mount Antero last week, it's like now first day I felt pretty good, you know, and it, and I was doing my physical therapy stretches and exercises and everything. Then I woke up the next day and my hip was popping again. I'm thinking, fuck man, it's just a, it just it's frustrating because it's like a big setback every time that happens, you know. So yeah. I'm hoping to get everything squared away, and then that way, when I do get back on the road full time, I mean, who knows if it's January or whenever, yeah, I can cruise back out there and we can pick back up where we left off. So it's just uh, it's frustrating when that happens because it's like you kind of realize you're mortal, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And like, start camping like this, you feel like Superman sometimes, of going all over the place. But then, you you know, injuries happen and and. Uh, that's that's certainly been debilitating because it's like what's the point of being out there if i'm going to be in pain the whole time you know yeah so no I, like i'd rather I, I totally know what you're talking about and i i hope you're able yeah. to um make progress on that i i you, you will be able to make progress on that but i know i know how yeah. frustrating that is and and um yeah. yeah you'll 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 get at it and definitely psyched to, to have you back out here and um and, and hopefully there'll be enough snow to uh, to do some snowmobile action and, and maybe even cruise around in that little razor. I, I think you might have seen that, that picture that I uh, that I posted. 
Yeah, that thing's cool, man. So I was going to ask you uh, when it when it gets to the point to where like a huge snowstorm is is forecasted, are you going to leave your truck parked up at the up at the you know up, up the hill there next to the ranch house, or are you going to leave it like down by the gate so that way you can at least get out? Because like when I was driving out a couple like a week and a half ago when I left there and went to go winter camp, you know I was kind of sliding down that hill a little bit and you get a ton of snow on there and who knows if you'd be able to get out. So are you going to like, what's your plan on that? Or uh, do you have one? I, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a set recipe. Um, I'm, I'm, it's just going to be one of those like play it by year. But I, I mean, you know, that, that first hairpin turn when you're going down, mm-hmm. it's, you, you can't fuck with that. You, I mean, that's you'd be rolling down, you know, a good hundred feet. Um, if I miss that turn. So, um, I, I think it's just going to be, you know, safety is going to be the driver. So if I sense that, um, at all, I could, uh, um, be in trouble, then I'll, I'll take the safety. And whether that means leaving my truck up here, if I get dumped on and I can't get out, or if I'm coming back after, you know, a day of dumping and I can't climb up, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to do, what makes sense but that's there's no doubt that that is going to be a priority consideration depending on the conditions um and there's still um we we haven't made the arrangement with the ranch at the uh start of of uh you know the the main road out there to be able to yeah swap out like be able to park snowmobiles and and park the truck but that's that's still the intention to um, to to have that kind of system where, yeah, it'll just be snowmobile in or out or the razor in, in or out, you know, the little snowcat. Dude, that, that razor is going to be dope when you put those tracks on it, man. Yeah, that, that should be, that should be really, really fun, man. It, it just started snowing really freaking hard right now. Did it? Oh yeah. Like it's <laughs> cool, dude. Yep. So take take some video of that and throw it up. I want to see it. So shoot me a link or whatever whenever you load that up. I want to see how the you know just how much it's dumping and stuff like that. I, I didn't get any snow when I was winter camp. Well, actually, no, I did have one night, but it, it was like a dusting. It wasn't much. So I was kind of I was kind of hoping that I was going to get more snow when I was out there in the tent because I had the stove going and I had plenty of hardwoods with me, so I was all set. But um, I didn't I didn't get any. Um, any accumulation so i'm hoping here in kansas maybe if there's going to be a snowstorm i can maybe take the tent and go set up at one of those lakes that are in the local area here and then uh get some winter camping in here because i i love being out there when it's snowing man yeah there's there's really nothing more peaceful i mean in in a lot of ways where you just have that um the the soft silence of snow falling and and uh yeah I, i love it myself yeah cool man well hey my nephew just got back here to the my folks place i'm gonna go take him fly fishing uh, at the lake here at my at my parents house so i'm gonna i'm gonna get rolling here but but yeah i'm glad we got a chance to talk about this influencer stuff because i i think that a lot of people you know have questions on how to get started with it and 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 like mia said the main thing that you want to do is just build your audience first so i think that your your uh, mindset of just pumping out as much content as possible and then and then, you know, getting the audience going and then figuring out what to do with it is definitely the right plan. Awesome. Well, I think Rue is eating uh, my Sorel, so I'm going to go and and and, uh, and jump on his ass. Uh, but good, good, 
good chat. And uh, thanks for introducing me to Mia. Yeah, you bet, man. She's awesome. You'll have to meet her sometime. She's super cool. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. Enjoy the snow. Later. See ya.